Hello, 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 you guys. It is I, Untamed, and welcome to the Get Caught Up podcast, sponsored by Untamed Publishing. And you guys, we are going to have some fun tonight. But if this is your first time listening to the Get Caught Up podcast, we are sponsored by Untamed Publishing. And what we do here on the Get Caught Up podcast is that we are a weekly podcast that brings you Writer Wednesdays tips and readers tips at 1 p.m. on Wednesdays and also author interviews on Wednesday nights at 9 p.m. And if you're not familiar with Untamed Publishing, make sure you head over to www.untamedpublishing.net. We offer services for authors where you can get you an editing job, proofreading services, book trailers. Uh, we write synopsis, book reviews. Just check us out and see what you need. It, you can find it on the website. Allow us to help you unlock your unlimited writing potential. Well, tonight, you guys, we are pleased to have a UP favorite. She is a huge supporter and a client of UP. Her name is L.R. Jackson. L.R. was born and raised in Cambridge, Maryland, or Maryland's Eastern Shore. She has been writing since she was a little girl, but her dreams were placed on hold while she pursued her education, built her career, and became a mom. After high school, she attended Boys State University for three years before moving to Wilmington, Delaware. After her daughter was born, she received her Bachelor's of Science in Business Administration, as well as her MBA from Wesley College. She spent years working in the accounting field before deciding she needed a change, and she enrolled in Widener University School of Law and completed the corporate law program, where she obtained her paralegal certificate. She now works in the trust and estate planning business, and in her spare time, she loves to read, she cooks, travels, and of course, she writes. And most recently, congratulations goes out to her because she is a newlywed. And you guys, we are pleased to welcome L.R. Jackson to the UP Hot Seat. How are you doing this evening, L.R.? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Welcome. So for the readers, for the listeners who may not be familiar with you, just let them know a little bit about who L.R. is. Um, L.R. Jackson is a writer that likes to basically keep you on the edge of your seat. Um, my stories are filled with action and su- suspense and, and love. And um, I just really, really love painting a really good story for my readers. Um, they're not always happy endings, but they're real. <laughs> so, um, you know, that's that's pretty much my go-to when I write I like it to be suspenseful I like it to be relatable um and you know just a really feel-good story yes I am familiar with your work listeners (laughs) I'm familiar I'm highly familiar yes you are and I can attest to everything that she just said she when she writes she keeps on the edge of your seat um it is filled with suspense filled with romance, filled with action a lot of times, which is something that um, you don't quite see. I don't want to say don't see it at all from Mm -hmm. from female authors, but it's kind of on the back burner with female authors. A lot of, you know, people, when they think about females, they just think, oh, we're going to write the romance stuff. And, you know, and... (laughs) It may have some action in it, but it's more about love and romance. And, right. and while your books do have that, it does have a high element of action. So, you know, and you write a variety of different genres and different types of works. So what motivates you, you know, when you are writing? Because like, just for instance, listeners, I'm going to throw this out here. She has a book called Land of the Free. And it's totally different from your newest release, which is Haven. So mm-hmm. I just wanted to know, you know, what motivates you when you write? Um, I'm a Gemini. So it's very hard for my brain to kind of turn off. My brain is constantly moving. Ideas are constantly coming. So I kind of write how I'm feeling in that moment when the idea 
hits. So the land of the free, uh, that idea came when Trump actually ran for office. Um, and I mean, of course, we've all experienced racism. We know how the world works, but it was just to an entire different level at that time. Um, every time I, I read comments on Facebook and comments on articles, the news, it was just it was just crazy. Um, so the idea came, you know, I'm going to write a book about everything that's going on in the world. You have racism, you have, uh, you know, homosexuality, you have differences of uh, religions and how neat would it be to kind of see all of that from each side? So you have a white man who's racist, but then you have a black family whose parents were part of the Black Panther movement. They don't like white people. Mm-hmm. You know, you have their, his parents are Muslim. His wife is a big Christian. So you kind of see all the sides of that. So, um, you know, that I just really had to write that kind of to uh, get some of the frustration off of what I was seeing uh, in the world during that time. Um, exactly. And yeah, if you don't, I'm going to read, I want to read sure. the bio for, or not the bio, the synopsis. Well, I guess it is a bio for the book. But it's yeah, for the book. Um, <laughs> because, and the reason why I, I segue to that is because like I said, I'm very familiar with your work. Land of mm-hmm. the Free, as I've told you numerous times, is one of my favorite books by you. Yes. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I had to, I know we're going to talk about Haven, but I had to just bring in Land of the Free. I'm also going to talk about Royal Secrets. I'm just going to drop That's that in. <laughs> absolutely fine. People are, people are actually asking for a part two. It's actually my... Um, my husband's favorite book as well, The Land of the Free, and and my cousins. And people are asking for a part two. Um, so yeah, so that'll be that'll be great. Okay. Well, this is you guys the synopsis for Land of the Free. First, this is the disclaimer that she put up. If you are highly sensitive about race, religion, sexuality, etc., do not read this book. This book touches on the many stereotypes that are in America. Although these are made up of characters, this is a work of fiction. There are actual people who share the same views as the characters do in this story. We live in a diverse world, a world where people come from different backgrounds, have different views, and different skin tones. That's why it's supposed to be the land of the free, isn't it? A land where everyone is supposed to have endless opportunity, a land where you're supposed to be free to live however you want, and free to express your opinion without judgment. America is called the land of the free, but it only seems to apply to those who adhere to the standards that are considered acceptable to society. What happens when you're discriminated against because of the color of your skin? Or you're criticized because you practice a different religion? What if you're in a same-sex relationship? Are you seen as an American then, or are you an outsider in a country that isn't really free at all. That is a powerful synopsis. And it is oh, an e- you. you are welcome. It is equally a powerful story. When you say, you know, you put all these different scenarios in there, you weave this story together so brilliantly that you absolutely get a full scope and picture and view of how the society is from every angle and aspect of different Americans. Right. And I loved it so much because of that, because it wasn't one-sided. You know, you got to see the good and the bad and the ugly in each family in their views, because even within the families there were you know there was discord amongst each Mm -hmm. other because they had different views and I thought that was so phenomenal that you were able to encompass all of these different things inside of this one book and still tell such a brilliant story that at the end blew I can't even talk about the ending <laughs> because the ending let me tell you I got chills I 
I I read it on my Kindle, and I almost <laughs> threw oh my god. I was like, I was so glad I was laying on the bed because as soon as I got to the end, of, I just fell back. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I was like, oh my god! Like the ending yeah. blew me away. So it did. Guys, it it oh. you know it, it happens. I I you know I'm a black woman no doubt about it um you know I'm a black woman uh you know black family you know not really a lot of interaction with other races as much in my hometown it wasn't until uh, and I went to an HBCU (laughs) (laughs) so it wasn't until yeah so it wasn't until um I got a little older and I started working in corporate America that my relationships and my friendships became more diverse. And um, I was lucky enough to be able to have these complicated and difficult conversations with friends of mine. I have white friends who have told me how they were raised. Um, They don't agree with their parents or their grandparents, but it's what was instilled in them and it's how they were raised. Um, some have turned their back, you know, their backs on certain family members on the church just because of the way that they think. You know, I was lucky enough to have a friend who's Indian. Um, you know, his his parents um, don't support the woman that he's dating because she's, you know, she's not Indian and she's of a different religion. So I've, I've been able to have these conversations with friends and, and co-workers over the years, difficult and candid conversations about upbringings and and the way of the world especially when Trump ran for office and um you know it was just kind of surreal to to hear other people's side because you know being a black woman you know we were taught things as well growing up um so you know so to be able to hear the things that they were taught and and how they were raised it kind of you know allowed me to see things from their perspective they you know, gosh, like these people, you know, you're raised a certain way. Either you stick with the the values that were instilled in you, whether they be good or bad, or when you're old enough to have some sense and see that it's not right, you take a different route. Exactly. So that was, I, mm-hmm. I, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I don't want to cut you off. Oh, no, I was just going to say that that really helped me be able to build those characters. That is awesome. And I was just going to say, I, on the flip side of that, <laughs> I understand exactly where you're coming from because I um, grew up in the magnet school background. So you have magnet school, of course, is not according to district, it's according mm-hmm. to, you know, testing and scores. So you have students who, you know, parents are well to do. You have, you know, Caucasian students, you have Indian students, Asians, Blacks, you know, Hispanics who are all going here and they're living in different neighborhoods. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you have some poor people who are who are, have smart kids, but they're in magnet school. And you have, of course, the creme de la creme <laughs> that right. are in magnet school <laughs> as well. So I was able to be around and the good thing about it is we were kids. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't know the separation of division because we weren't privy to it right you understand what i'm saying we were all there together so we were one and we knew when we got on the bus or we got in our parents car we were going to wherever we lived but that never had an impact on us Mm -hmm. and so we were able to you know be friends and enter you know intermingle and coexist with each other at school that I could see as I started to grow older did not exist for my neighbors who went to, you know, the mandated right. school they had to go to because right. I lived in a middle class neighborhood, but it was all black, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was predominantly black kids that were going to the school that I was zoned for. Um, I knew a lot of them because we played around in the neighborhood together, which is something kids don't do today. But you mm-hmm. know, right. so it wasn't <laughs> It wasn't hard for me to transition when I got into high school because I went from magnet school where it was a mixed pot. Mm-hmm. And I went to high school, didn't have magnet school at the time. So I went to an all black high school. <laughs> <laughs> so 
Oh, you were in for a rude awakening, weren't you? I was in for a rude awakening. And I'm glad that it softened the blow because I was able to participate. My parents had me heavily in things like ballet and I cheerleaded for the zone middle school. So I knew people going in. So it wasn't that hard, but I could definitely feel and see the difference Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I get 100% what you're saying. Absolutely. But what we are going to do right now is we're going to take a quick little break. We're going to pay some bills. And when we come back, you guys, we will have more with L.R. Jackson. know reading is fundamental. When you visit KB's Bookshelf, you can find books in multiple genres to entertain and educate. Writers can even find literary services of value to their success, like our ever-popular manuscript critique and book review. Reading allows us to escape, explore, and share our experiences. I hope you'll visit us today at www.kbsbookshelf.com and allow us to take you on your next adventure. girl the right pair of shades and she can conquer the world so embrace your shade shop shade dolls it at www.shadedolls.com and follow them on instagram at shade dolls hey everybody did you hear the news What news? Well, I started a new podcast called Noteworthy. Join me, Kiana Dene, you know, your favorite poet out here bringing you that love and ink every week where I'll be reading my poetry to you. So subscribe today. Episodes are coming soon. Love and ink. We are back, you guys. LR, you're still here with us? Yes, I am. All right. Well, you guys, before the break, we were just talking with LR about her book, Land of the Free, which is one of my favorite, favorite books by her. Um, You guys have to get that book. But we are going to move along. I want to touch briefly on another book that is like, a close first for me with her, <laughs> which is Royal Secrets. Okay. Um, I lo- oh my gosh, I love Royal Secrets. And it is very different from Land of the Free. Obviously, that is one that was um, that was a different type of genre for you, but one that was needed right. for the time. Right, but royal secrets is different in a different way because of the culture. So I'll let you just kind of briefly tell us what that book is about. So royal secrets basically uh, it's about uh, a king, King Defari, um, who had studied in America and had fallen in love with a woman, and uh, she had no idea who he really was. Um, They separated. Years went by. They went their separate ways. Uh, Something brings him back to the States. He, by chance, runs into her again. And they spark their love story. Um, It's just, that's kind of one of my favorite, I won't say stories that I've written, but I had so much fun with writing Defari's character. Um... The idea actually came one night. I was just laying here watching Queen Sugar. I know everybody watches that show. And um, yeah, and I'm such a big fan of um, Ralph Angel, Kofi. I I can't pronounce his last name, but, you know, I'm looking at him and I'm like, gosh, he looks like an African king. At the time, I didn't know that his parents hail from Africa. (laughs) But. Yeah, I was like, gosh, he looks like an African king. And so the idea just popped in my head. And so I immediately started writing down character names and how I wanted the character to look. And, you know, the, the that's how the story came about. Um, 
I didn't know how I was going to end it until I got close to the end. <laughs> when I got close to the end, I was like, you know what? Hmm, I'm going to do this. <laughs> Let me tell you, that ending took me for a loop. I was like, what? No, 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 no. <laughs> well, you know, I'm not a fan of series. Um, I have I had one series out only because the publisher I was signed with at the time required it. I really don't like doing them that much, but I do try to leave my stories open ended to where if I wanted to come back and do one or do a spinoff that it's possible. So right. that's why some of my stories in the way that they do. Um, and this one was and, and look, I know we can't give the ending away. I just want right. to tell the, the <laughs> listeners. And I didn't end with the cliffhanger. It just, it was an unexpected ending. I will say that. Yeah. And I say yeah. it like that. But it was very much so a full and complete story. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I wanted to show, um, with Ebony's character, I wanted to show the woman as being a heroine. Um, most times when we're reading romances and things of that nature, it's usually the men that are the heroes, the men that come and save the women. And I'm a sucker for those stories too. I could read those all day and sit here and cry. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, you know, I wanted to shed light on, you know, I love female heroines. And for me, she was the true hero in that story. She absolutely was the true hero in the story. And I love the fact that that was one of the reasons why I did love the story is because she was the heroine. Mm-hmm. Um, because Defari had a very strong presence. And yes. so he very and he was all man and he definitely could have been. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the way that you weave that to make her be the heroine. And the reason why I loved it so much is because she didn't start off as strong-willed as he did. She had a strong will, but it was more hidden under the issues that she was going through and experience. Right. So it was a sadness around mm-hmm. her character. Yeah, um, she, uh, she didn't know she had it in her, and she lost mm-hmm. sight of who she could be. As a matter of fact, I don't think she ever really got to figure out who she was because of everything that she had gone through. So, you know, when you've gone through what she's gone through and you're still trying to get over things and, and, and you know, figure out what type of life you want, it's hard to really know what type of woman you are and what type of woman you want to be. So it was good to be able to see her kind of just come into that role like, listen, this is what we're going to do. You know, she went by how she felt. Um, she went by her instinct and she had that confidence that I really think came about in the time that he ran into her again, just her time around him. I think her confidence started to kind of build a little bit. Exactly. And I think he poured into her in a different way than they had, you know, Mm -hmm. when they first met. Yes. Um, he poured into her with um, the second time around having to be as honest as he could about mm-hmm. his own feelings and who he was and and I think that opened him up and then it kind of opened her eyes to see okay you mm-hmm. know what I'm gonna have to step up if I plan on right. being here I, right. gotta, I gotta step myself up exactly but I think it's just, you know, for for her to say, because she was, one of her biggest issues is that she was so displaced mm-hmm. and didn't really have anybody but herself and, and you know, a close friend, um, that it was like everything and everyone in the whole entire universe was just against her. Mm-hmm. And he was the one person that was just for her. Right. <laughs> it was just right. Like, and it was like, all she needed was that one person be like, you know what? You matter. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay, yep. I got this. Yep. I, I know who I Okay, thank you. Yep. Thank you and, for seeing me. Right. <laughs> and, and you know, it's, it's, she is always the one to, uh, you know, to just kind of be alone. Like, 
I, you know, I can't get close to anybody. I can't, you know, other than her friend. And to have somebody kind of want to take care of her and 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 make sure she's okay, you know, as you know, she had a tough time with that. You know, yes, she's kind of yes, like, I don't want any that. pity. I can do this on my own, which was always the struggle between the two of them. Mm-hmm. And I think that was key for him. Like, you know, knowing that this woman, even if I told her who I am, she's not going to want me for what I can do for her. Exactly. And she absolutely did not. Um, I won't tell any of the story away, but it was one point I was like, girl. I know. <laughs> You better take yeah, that. I know, you know, <laughs> yeah. you, you'll be all right. <laughs> he gonna be fine. <laughs> but she didn't. But she did not. She didn't. She held strong. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh. That is yeah. Because I was like, you know what? You love him from the yes, heart. Yes. Because Shaya was ready. <laughs> Shaya was like, um. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she had a whole day planned, didn't she? <laughs> Yes, she did. She was like, "Come on, girl, let's go. What we doing? What we doing first? Oh, but she was, uh, she was amazing, and that was an amazing story. But I'm gonna move along to Haven. I'm gonna read the the synopsis for Haven because this is your latest release, and I want you to have some time to talk about this one too because this is also a unique story. This synopsis says, he looks down on me, accusing me of being a whore. He hasn't outright said it, but he's thinking it. What woman picks up a man and fucks him hours after they meet? He doesn't know what I do on that. What? Excuse me, let me start that over. He doesn't know that I do it on a regular basis. He doesn't know that seduction is a ploy to kill my targets. He's irritating me right now. I want to punch him in the throat and watch him gasp for air. Better yet, if I had my Glock with me, I'd fire it just to get him to shut up. He acts like he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. The nerve of him to think that I'm some damsel in distress. Me? Ha! He thinks he knows me. He thinks he can trust me. But little does he know, I'm the devil in a dress. And he'll soon find out. (laughs) That is a yes. That is your latest release. And again, this is a strong female lead, as we can definitely Mm -hmm. see (laughs) from that synopsis. So what what was the reasoning behind Haven? And just tell the the reader, you know, about that story as well. Okay, so um, Haven is actually my favorite female character and heroine out of out of all the stories I've written. Um, she remains to be my favorite. Um, she's basically uh, a hit woman. Uh, she works for her uncle. Um, he's trained her since she was basically a kid. And as she got older, he taught her to use seduction as a way to, um, distract the men that she sent to kill. Um, so she sent to kill Trent, um, and things go left. Um, and so she has to come up with another plan to kill him. And it's kind of like a, a hate love story or enemies to friends story, because in the beginning they can't stand each other. Um, she yes. thinks that he is just full of himself and that women flock to him because he's so handsome and that she's, you know, as she said, a damsel in distress. And he thinks that she's stubborn and, and feisty and just, uh, you know, irritating. <laughs> but with mm-hmm, all that mm-hmm. said, there's a chemistry between them and an attraction so as much as they are annoyed with each other, there's this attraction that neither of them can turn off. Um, so, you know, throughout the story, she just finds herself kind of rethinking what she's sent to do. You know, she's really starting for the first time to realize I can actually have feelings for somebody. I can actually make love to someone and it not be work related. And so it just alters her entire course of thinking um, as far as her life and what she wants to do. 
Yes, it does. And I'm just going to say now, as much as I love Land of the Free and I love Royal Secrets, um, I just have to say, Trent is probably <laughs> my biggest book fan. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, Trent, yeah. Trent was something he else. is he is uh he's very sexual um with her um and he's yeah. very uh he's very uh he's an alpha male for sure yes he he knows what mm-hmm. he wants and he has no problems yeah. um telling you know her mm-hmm. that demanding that and I will say, you know, it's the when you have a, a guy, and I think that just plays to the fact that when you have a man who's an alpha male who knows it and he stands mm-hmm. in it, but he knows how to treat a right. woman. It just is something so sexy about it. Even the times where he seems to be demanding or domineering, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's done in respect and it's done in a loving and caring way. And you're just like, Oh right. my gosh, this man! Like I'm like I'm sitting here reading this like, hey, yes, man, um, I feel for you, darling. And and you know that <laughs> is welcoming to her because she's always the one in control. So mm-hmm. she loves the fact that she can let go and allow somebody else to control for once it's like a relief at first she was resistant like you know nobody tells me what to do you know you don't know who you're dealing with but once she gets a taste of allowing him to be the dominant one and her kind of just just being submissive I don't really want to call it submissive because her personality I don't think really calls for that word but in that moment she can be submissive to him but her mind is still going like I don't know if I should do this this isn't really my style but it's like she has no control over it it just naturally yeah he he has a way of pulling the submissiveness Mm -hmm. from her and I think it's unfamiliar to her because she's never had to do it, never wanted right. to do it, and never in a position where she was able to do it. So it's something scary mm-hmm. too, as well as you know, it's it's a resistance from her because she's like, you know, who does he think right. he is? And you know, I this is me. I'm a woman, and you, I'm big enough, bad enough to do mm-hmm. what I want to do. I always have, I always right. will. But he does it in such a way that she just finds herself submitting to mm-hmm. him and th- and it's like it's almost an afterthought that she's like wait right wait, what if I wait a minute <laughs> yes <laughs> wait a minute. how did you do that yes <laughs> but as the story goes on just the little things that he does and says it's you know she's seeing for the first time in her life how it is to have somebody take care of her again um and to have someone genuinely care about her because she doesn't feel like her uncle does. Um, her brother's kind of iffy, you know. Sometimes I think mm-hmm. she she felt like he did, other times none. So, you know, it, it was very refreshing for her to really, you know, find that. Exactly, exactly. Because she is, you know, she was just kind of raised in a, a robotic household mm-hmm. and trained to be a machine almost yeah. and, and um so you know when she meets Trent she finds out that that little heart mm-hmm. works actually yep. and, and so she's like oh no yeah oh, I'm, this, he's messing yeah everything's oh, new gosh. to her from kissing to you know is, is she's almost discovering a whole new world Yes, exactly with him. And he, you know, he is there for a hundred percent. Like as soon as he realizes, and that's what that's another thing that I really loved about his character. It was like he didn't like her, he wasn't feeling her, he was ready to put her on the first <laughs> plane train smoking. And and it was like as soon as he realized, okay, 
you know, I I I think it's something between her. I think I like this right. a little bit. You know, when he started to realize that he was like, he jumped in ten toes mm-hmm. down, like, okay, all right, you know what? I'm not even gonna even flex, you know, because you would sometimes both, especially by him, because he was a bit of a playboy mm-hmm. before, and I think his thing had always been. I never met someone who I felt like could be the one. Right. So it was almost like, right. And it was like in the back of his mind, you could all, you could all, you know, you could feel like he's like, you know, hey, if I find the one, I'll settle down. And it's like as soon as he realized, hey, I like, like I really mm-hmm. like her, it was like, okay, you know what? I, I, he was good on everything, everyone. Mm-hmm. He was like focused in. He honed in on her, and she, she put his clothes yeah. in her. And she couldn't get away. She was a change for him. I mean, you know, he, he's the yes. playboy. He was very well known, popular. He never had any problems getting women, um, but the women mm-hmm. that you know propositioned him were easy. They were easy. He, mm. he knew he could get what he wanted, and and that would be that. So to meet a woman that stood up to him and didn't fall at his feet like most of the women did, you know, I think it was kind of a challenge to him as well. Like, well, wait a minute, she doesn't like me like all the women do, you know. And so, yeah, and and she reminded him of his of his mother. He talks about how strong his mother is. Um, so to you know to meet a woman that that you know is strong to a, a certain extent um, because at first he thought she was just irritating but um, mm-hmm. you know I, I think he he came to grow to to grow to love who she was he was able to kind yes. of see yeah he was able to see beyond the surface and see little glimpses even though he knew something was off she's hiding something but every now and then she would let her guard down and he would see little things from her like when they made pancakes together in the kitchen like you know just right. just little things that he would get to see what type of woman she really was before she put that wall back up Exactly. He would he would see it and you know and I think he knew that and I think another thing was I think he knew that he was probably the one or one of the only few people, if not the only one, who was able to bring mm-hmm. that out of her. Yeah. Because <laughs> he was just like he was at first like who in the world would ever want to right. be like you? <laughs> you yeah. are just too much. You are uh-huh. too much. Yep. So. <laughs> and I was like, and, and, but oh my gosh, those. Oh, I think, so I, I know, I think they had probably <laughs> the greatest chemistry out of any of my characters. <laughs> They had such great chemistry, and I was just like, "Oh my gosh, these scenes, these love scenes!" Oh my gosh, I was like, "Yes, Trent, you better show up!" Oh my god! And I think it's another thing is I think it really was kind of that caught me off guard with him being that way too. Mm-hmm was because he was a bit of a affluent type. Mm-hmm. You know, when you first meet him, he's very affluent, mm-hmm. well-spoken. He seems kind of like someone who's, you know, a stick in the right. mud, you know, at first. And then you find out he got a little mm-hmm. something going on, too. And you're like, wait right. a minute now. <laughs> Who is this? This is not the trip we right. do. What's going on with yeah. this? So then it starts to make sense that he has this other side of mm-hmm. him. And you're like, oh, okay. So this is where that came mm-hmm. from. Okay, okay. So, you know, it it was a great story. I absolutely love it. Thank you. But we are coming towards the end of our interview time. But I want um, to know, do you have any future works in the making that you can discuss with us? I do. I'm actually um, just wrapping up um, The Deceptive Twin. Um, That's actually a reboot of The Mistaken Twin. 
Um, so that's going to be released in probably, probably in May. Um, I have a newbie that I'm going to be working on. Um, this is going to be a little different. It's kind of like a sci-fi love story. Yeah, so I can't wait to do the cover reveal for that. And um, still in between titles right now, I'm thinking The Mind File. I'm not sure. (laughs) But um, yeah, so I'm excited about that. But I've got so many things in the works. It's just, you know, it's just, yeah. Well, I, if anybody can deliver on it, you Thank can. You. I love the fact that you are so versatile in your writing. I, I mean, I promise you guys, you can pick up anything she writes and you will thoroughly enjoy it. Um, I mean, it is so proven because just the three books that I named, and, and I've read more, yeah. but just the three books that I named, they are, they have elements you know of romance but they are so rich in suspense or action or you know and Royal Secrets has the addition of it puts you in the mind of and I just say this for familiarity um, coming to America because it has that royal African Mm -hmm. background with Defari and and I just mean it is they are so different three different books on three different levels but they are tremendously well written descriptive books and I love each one of them thank you you are welcome so I trust your pen on (laughs) sci-fi or whatever it is you want to write I trust your pen I will read it I know that I will enjoy it I know that the readers will enjoy it Um, because you have a way of crafting a story that is so unique and it is just always beautiful and they end so well so I don't mind you having you know not not writing series Mm -hmm. rights if you don't don't like them if you don't like them I don't mind it now I'm not gonna you know if I have to put in my vote I would like a part two to a royal secret actually that's going to be a spinoff with Shaya and Boz I'll see, you know, and that's the reason why I actually come. <laughs> so that that's gonna be a spinoff. You know, Defari and and Ebony will, you know, of course, make features. Um, but it's really just gonna yeah, be exactly. a spinoff between um, Shaya and Boss. So that's how that's gonna go. All right. Well, look, that's the reason why because I, you know, in the midst of their love story. Mm-hmm. The, the best friend in the in the homie, mm-hmm. they had something cooking in yes. the background, and I was like, "Oh, this the, I was like, well, nah. Okay, so let's see what they yeah, know. Shaya, what Shaya wanted to stuff. wanted to do her get back. You know, she was mad and like, forget it. I'm just gonna, <laughs> you know, and right? And she well, she had every she right did. to be. She, she did. did. She did, and I, I, you know. I liked them together. I really did. I, even though we didn't get to, you know, explore mm-hmm. it, but it's good to have a, a spinoff because now we get to explore all of that goodness yes. and, you know, and see what happens with their story. So I'm excited about that. So you yeah. guys have to make sure you get Royal Secret so you know what we're yes. about. Yes, <laughs> we Royal Secret first. So... In regards to new or aspiring authors, what advice would you give them about becoming an author and wanting to dive into the literary world? Um, I think the best advice that I would give is to write your story. There's no, I'm a firm believer, there's no right or wrong way to write your story. Of course, there's the technical things like editing and formatting and things of that nature. I'm not speaking about that. I'm speaking about uh, your story that's unique to you. You know, if you want your character to walk around all day wearing unicorn ears, it's your story. Somebody will love it. Um, everybody is unique. Some readers will love it. Some will hate it. I think the less time you spend concerned about how you're supposed to write it takes away from you actually getting it done. 
So write your story, get yourself a really, really, really great editor, a proofreader, people you trust, a few test readers, and then you can go back and kind of work out the mechanics and the technical details and things like that. But first, write the story. I say that because I have people ask me all the time, how do I write a book? And the first thing I ask is, have you started? And they say no. So to me, that's the first step. Write your story. Exactly. And, you know, I always tell people, they're like, well, how did you start writing? I said, I started mm-hmm. writing. Yeah. <laughs> you know? You just got to do it. Like, you know, yes. I was like, yes, I was mm-hmm. influenced or motivated and inspired by mm-hmm. different things. But a story isn't going to exactly. write. Exactly. So it's not going to mm-hmm. tell itself. And, you know, the beauty in writing something is that you don't have to get it and you won't get it right oh gosh no. why do you think i'm revamping (laughs) it's like you won't Mm -hmm. get it right the first time you write it and i tell everybody and a lot of times you won't get it right the second time you write it you know you will you'll get it to where it needs Mm -hmm. to be so write it have fun with it take your time with it and like you said Get an mm-hmm. editor, get a proofreader, and even if you start to craft stories that are just whimsical mm-hmm. and you know, just you know, just outstanding, there will be always someone who doesn't like it because there are different strokes. It is, and it, and it depends you know? on what but, your you you literally have authors who um it, it's their lifeline. They they write full time, mm-hmm. so um you know a mm-hmm. lot of authors right now write to market um they write what's selling Mm -hmm. um a lot of the covers look the same a lot of the themes are the same um Mm -hmm. and you know my editor basically told me she said your stories are very unique um you know i i don't write to market I, i i it's just it would take away from my creative side I write it because I write because I genuinely love writing. So I write what I want to writing. write. If you're writing to make money, then, you know, it might be a little different for you. You'll write what's hot at that time and make sure that what you're putting out mimics all the other books that are doing really well. Exactly. And also, you know, there is only a target you know one mm-hmm. target audience yep. for that um and if that's what you want to do, right. do but i'm like you i i'm not i cannot stifle mm-hmm. my creativity i have to write what's in my heart and what's on my mind and what motivates me and inspires me because to me that is the best way to deliver a I story that's yep. your story and that's memorable Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) and then it's good to be unique you have to stand out you have to be able to form out your own Mm -hmm. niche that makes you you because those are the authors who will you know go above the plateau and they'll be able to cross target audiences until you know I'm not just and this is part of the reason why um I I was so fancy with the name Untamed because that is part mm-hmm. of the reason why. You know, you don't want to be exactly. boxed in. You don't want to be just a great romance writer. You right. might you do, but you know, if you um, if you want to reach different audiences and broader audiences, you know, I want to one day just be known as mm-hmm. a great author, not just a great urban right. fiction author or a great sci-fi author. Right. Okay. You know, I want to be able to say she's just absolutely and that's what that's exactly what I see with you. You're just a great author. Thank you. <laughs> I really appreciate that. That means that means a lot. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm you're welcome. You are welcome. So what I want to do now, I want you to give you some time to tell readers where they can find your books and also how they can connect with okay. you. Um, all my books are on Amazon.com. If you have Kindle, you can download uh, an, e- an e-book form or you can order through paperback. Um, they're also available on Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, um, but Amazon seems to be the, the 
you know, the the bigger platform that most people order through. Um, you can connect with me on Facebook at um, Arthur L.R. Jackson is my Facebook page. And my Instagram is Maryland Girl 1979. So it's M-D-G-I-R-L-1979. That is my Instagram. And you can also order books from my website at www.ArthurLRJackson.com. All right, you guys. Well, you have heard it. LR, I thank, thank you so you. much. Thanks for, for having me. You are welcome. You are welcome back anytime, especially I know when you have your books released, you are more than welcome okay. to come back. We would love to have you so that you can just tell us more and more about your great books. You know, I, I stand Thank you. For you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. You are, you are welcome. Well, you guys, I want to thank you so much for tuning in to our interview with LR tonight. Please make sure you tune in to next week's interview with Exodus Morgan and special guest Vina Kanoa. Also, I want to give a special shout out to everyone's birthday in April. I want to just give love to my Aries people for all of the month of April because I know you're tired since <laughs> jumping in at the end of the month. <laughs> so, you guys, have, you have, I hope you have a happy birthday. I know that we are all on social distancing and quarantining, but make it the best that you can. Stillness doesn't mean you have to mm-hmm. stop the show. Yeah. So, <laughs> just enjoy yourself and be grateful for life, health, and strength family and friends well you guys that is all we have make sure you tune in again like i said on wednesdays and for our next author interview on next wednesday with exodus morgan also make sure that you are following untamed publishing on facebook at untamed publishing on instagram at untamed publishing llc and also on twitter at untamed pub and if you want to follow me i am also on instagram facebook and twitter at author untamed until next time you guys 